Hello! Welcome back to the Existential Diaries. I have been trying to record this episode. I've tried recording it three times and I've been trying to record it for the past week and a half and I kept having something either interrupt me in the middle of recording or I was about to start recording. I got a phone call. Like, I I don't want to say this episode's cursed because I'm too superstitious to say that, but oh my goodness, Yes, so I'm here, I'm back, the episode is getting recorded, I refuse to let anything interrupt me, everything's on do not disturb, almost put it on airplane mode, but I'm here for the episode, and funnily, funnily, funny enough, funny enough, the episode is about stillness, and how to remain calm when you're a little stressed, and honestly, This is probably one of the best timed things that happened because as I was recording an episode on stillness and just keeping your head under stress, I was having stuff happen and I had to really put my money where my mouth is and really test out what I was about to say and practice what I preach, literally. So I can say that this actually does help me and what I'm talking about this episode, there is some value to it, at least for me and hopefully for someone else because... I tried recording this so many times, I really hope it's of use to anyone. This episode, we're going to be talking about stillness. Specifically, I'm going to be using a the reference from a book by Ryan Holiday called Stillness is the Key. So in this book, he's blending in stoicism and just different ways to use mindfulness and to apply it to different parts of your life. So different parts within your mind, spirit, and body. So I'm just going to be talking about and going over the things that he was writing about in that book specifically. But before I start the episode, I'm just going to give my ins and outs of the week, and then we can get started and get into the episode. First in my in list is warm weather. I finally got a taste of a weather above, I want to say 75 degrees for the first time in a bit of a long time, and I just... I forgot what it was like to be in hot weather and to just properly tan. I I missed it. And I also realized how humbling warm weather is if you're not used to it. And then my last in is kind of just more entertainment. It's two things together. So first of all, Formula One is back this weekend. I'm so excited and I cannot wait. It's been a long hiatus, but we're back. First race is this Sunday in Bahrain, and yeah, I cannot wait. And then also, Attack on Titan is back in like a few hours from now, and I'm so excited, even though it's part season four, part three, part one, too many parts, but just something to look forward to. And then my outs, I don't really have too many. I think my first out is saying anything with hashtag i don't know if maybe it's the content i've been getting but i've been seeing so much stuff that's like hashtag this hashtag that and i just don't like it i feel like it's more of a millennial trend that is trying to carry over here into like the younger trends but i don't know i just don't like the hashtag i feel like it got so overused and now it's a bit annoying so yeah that's that's that okay so now let's actually get into the episodes so basically as i said earlier we're going to be talking about stillness and how 
being still, I think, isn't just sitting still and just not doing anything. Stillness is something that you can do in different ways and it can affect you in different ways in turn. And so this book that I read, he, the author Ryan, basically gives 22 ways to practice stillness and he splits them up into stillness of the mind, stillness of the spirit, and then stillness of the body. And he incorporates stoicism into a lot of these things that he's writing about and a lot of these methods that he's saying. So stoicism is something I am going to have an episode on. I'm finishing a book on stoicism right now and it's the letters of Seneca and I want to finish that before I actually talk about stoicism so I can get an even better idea and I don't want to talk about anything unless I feel that I am confident enough to explain it to other people but kind of the definition of stillness and as it relates to philosophy so oh my gosh I generally can't make this up as I was recording this I got another notification because my phone's on do not disturb and the person clicked notify anyway and I had to pause this recording so let's just keep going with the episode but Socrates says that philosophy begins with wonder and wonder is rooted in stillness and stillness defined in this defined in this way is this unique state in which awareness opens up in the living present until it recognizes itself as encompassing all that exists. So that's a pretty hefty sentence, but essentially to me, the way I'm interpreting that is when you're still, you're kind of for once in the present moment, acknowledging all that is around you and understanding that there's something happening all around you and you contribute to that action, you contribute to what is happening and your stillness is the awareness of the fact that you're existing and the fact that other things are existing at the same time as you. And Socrates also goes on to say how stillness is an experience of awareness and that this awareness grounds us. So to be grounded and to be understanding, you have to be still and to understand what is happening around you. But the path to stillness is a bit hard and it's honestly something that you have to really practice. And for some people it might come easier, for others it might not. But stillness is just kind of this act where, at least in my head, I just take a step back and I'm just realizing what's happening even if it's you know maybe it's a problem that's happening and I have to take a step back and just kind of keep my head and realize that I can't choose what's happening but I can choose my reaction to it and it's still existing and it's still happening or when I'm outside and I'm realizing life is going on so I feel like sometimes when we have a problem or there's something happening we think egotistically and it's just part of being a human you generally think that this problem is the biggest thing ever and no one else has experienced this or nothing else matters in that moment and then you kind of step away or you go outside and you're just like realizing other people are living simultaneous lives and life goes on no matter what problem you're happening what problem is happening you are just one blip in the in the system and what it is and people are just going to move on even though you might feel that this isn't working or whatever it is people are moving on and life just moves on so stillness is kind of this awareness it's this experience and i'm just gonna hop into the ways that ryan holiday says that you can practice stillness 
and hopefully I will make it through this without being interrupted. So here we go. So the first break, not breakdown. So the first segment is stillness of the mind. So Ryan Holiday says that we need to quiet our own thoughts to think in a way that is bigger and deeper and more beneficial overall. So he gives seven ways to get to stillness of the mind or to practice stillness of the mind. And without any surprise, the first one is to be fully present. Like, yes, obviously you should be fully present, but this means different things to different people. So for me, I can only speak on my experiences, but the way I try to be fully present in times is to just do things by myself. So eat alone, read alone, whatever it is, sit on a bench and just be by myself and just kind of look at what's happening around me. That's something that grounds me and that's one of the only practices or times that I'm fully present in the moment, off my phone, off whatever it is, even eating alone. I feel like that is such a good way to be present. Like I'm eating my meal, even honestly, you don't even have to eat alone. Just when you're eating and I'm just enjoying the flavors of my food, I'm noticing the textures, how it's different, what spices are in it, what I feel about it. Maybe I don't like it, but that just doesn't mean that the meal isn't good. It's just not something that's used to my taste or how, I don't know, my wine pairs with whatever food I'm eating or something like that. Anything that makes you be present and just kind of acknowledge the senses, I think that's a good practice of it. Then the next way, he says, is to empty your mind of preconceptions. So what does that mean? So he kind of explains how we always anticipate how things might go. So that preconception of anticipating how things might go and thinking the worst case scenario of all all the time. So you have this preconception of your mind that this is going to go horribly. All of this is going to happen. Maybe you're just getting really anxious about what's happening. But that just leads you to not accept what's happening in the present moment because you're just trying to predict what's going to happen instead. You're not enjoying the present because you're trying to predict the present. And in a quote from Seneca that I will include, he says that we suffer more from imagination than from reality. So this is very true and just kind of how overthinking a lot of times when we're anticipating stuff and we're assuming it's going to go wrong, it's going to go this way. You're just taking away from the present. You're taking away from anything. And thinking about what could go wrong isn't going to make it happen. And it's also not going to help you when things do go wrong. If anything, what is it? Worrying is just suffering twice. You're just going to get nervous and anxious twice as long. So let go of these preconceptions of what's going to happen. Let go of all of these things that you do not know. Unless you find it out, then you can handle it from there, but don't go into things trying to predict what's going to happen because that's just going to take away from the moment. You're, I mean, it's probably happened to so many people. Most people have like either been somewhere fun with their friends or whatever, and they're worried about something else that might happen. And maybe it doesn't even end up happening and you just wasted that. And maybe it does end up happening, but you cross that bridge when you get there. The next way, he says, is to take your time, which I think is really hard in this day and age because we now care more about the efficiency of things rather than maybe the quality or just the moment of it. So taking your time, I it happens to me when I'm driving and I have 
not a rush to get to my destination and I'm just always speeding or not speeding over the speed limit not I don't do that but I'm always just like in a rush because I'm like oh I have to go here I have to do that and I'm just like I thankfully in that moment I'm in no rush why am I rushing and it's just so ingrained in our heads to be rushing and be thinking of the next destination and then once you're there you don't even enjoy what's happening because you're like oh okay I have to do this this and this so taking your time and realizing that you can just be a little bit more thoughtful in what's happening and stop rushing and also this applies to being patient with yourself when you're trying to either be more still or practice stillness or learning something new or whatever it is but just taking your time for things so if you have to rush you have to rush but if you're trying to practice stillness don't also try to rush your process to get there it's a slow process but it's worth it i mean just because something is slow doesn't mean it's not worth doing especially because if you don't start at any time you're never even gonna get to a destination so you might as well start and probably be terrible at it and then just go ahead so take your time and then the next way is sit quietly and reflect so for some people this is really easy and for other people this is really hard and what ryan holiday means by this is to just sit with your thoughts and again for some people it's easy for other people it's not i personally i'm an introvert and i think a lot of introverts relate on how you can just sit by yourself and just be with yourself and be with your thoughts it's a very easy thing for me i also have friends that cannot sit and just be in silence like they either have to have music playing or they have to have a podcast or whatever it is like they can't sit with their own thoughts and i think there's even like a lot of memes about it but sitting quietly and reflecting is something so important and it's so necessary to grow and it doesn't mean sitting with your thoughts and just overanalyzing things like that's not what ryan holiday is trying to talk about here but he's just saying observe your thoughts especially when you're stressed out and just see what is it that makes you stressed out what does this thing that's happening or what is it that you're thinking of what does that make you feel why is it making you feel that way and this is really important especially because just because your brain says something about you doesn't mean it's true your brain again is just your brain it's just an organ and it's not telling you anything about you that might be true all the time so i also this is another tiktok that i got sent and I want to talk about in this episode, but it was like, whenever you're thinking bad things about yourself or your brain's being mean to you, I don't know if anyone's a mathematician, but like, I can't do like any type of advanced math anymore. I don't practice math. I don't need it for like my job. And so it's like, if your brain's being mean to you, just remember like, that's the same brain that can't do differential equations anymore. Like my brain can't do anything dfq like i can't do any of that anymore so i'm not gonna accept it telling me that when i'm just like okay well what's whatever equation it is so that same brain that's telling you all those mean things just remember like just because your brain says it doesn't mean it's true and our brains can be really mean and that's why you should be sitting and reflecting and also i need to find the article about it but it's basically saying the way you talk to yourself in your internal dialogue and it is proven by neuroscientists your internal dialogue really does affect the way your brain thinks about you. Again, another no-brainer, but get it. But 
your brain is thinking, you know, I'm horrible, I'm terrible, this, this, and that. If you're repeatedly thinking that, you're going to believe that. So anytime your brain is bringing up those thoughts, you're going to believe it. But if you say positive words or you're being kind to yourself, and it might take some time because neural pathways, they take a lot to build up and it's something that's really hard to change, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. So if you build these new patterns in your brain over time, your brain is going to understand it and process that as the new pattern. So instead of it saying mean things to you, it's just going to say kinder things to you. It's going to think in a different way because you're changing those thought patterns that you have. So thinking good things about yourself and, you know, again, everyone has their moments where they're not thinking that great about themselves, but also realize that when you're not thinking so kindly about yourself, that's just a thought. And it's the same type of thought as when you're feeling really good about yourself. So why is it that we always focus on the things, the negative things our brains say instead of the positive things? Because when you're having a bad, you know, mental health day or a bad mental day and you're just like down on yourself and you're overthinking, it's like, okay, but you've also definitely had moments where you felt good and you felt happy and you liked this about yourself. You like that. So it takes time, but sit with that. And again, this is also very you know, it depends on the person, different people have different needs, and there's different also ways to help people, but this is just more kind of for stillness, and just observing your thoughts, and if you're being too critical about yourself, this, this, and that, and again, you're going to be with your thoughts, and your brain, and your mind for the rest of your life, and for some people, it's really scary, for other people, that's fine, but make your brain and your thoughts a good place to be, make your mind a good place to be because you're going to be there for the rest of your life. So food for thought. The next way that Ryan Holiday goes over is to reject distraction. So when you're trying to be mindful and you're trying to be present, he says, do not, you know, be on technology. Don't try to do this while you're watching a movie. Don't try to be still while you're on TikTok or, you know, you're on YouTube, whatever it is, just Take at least five minutes, go outside, go somewhere where you can just be still and you don't have an external stimuli. Somewhere where you can just kind of unwind and just get away from everything for five minutes. Just don't be distracted. And then his next way is to weigh advice against the counsel of your own convictions. Essentially what he's saying is to trust your own intuition and While people can give you advice, and I think this goes with everything that people give advice on, so I trust the advice that my friends give me. I know who to go to for specific types of advice because I know what they've been through and I know if they've been in a similar situation, what it is, but I also know that their advice that they're giving me is based on their own experience and their own life, and their situation and my situation will always be different because they haven't lived my life and I haven't lived theirs. So just keep that in mind. It doesn't mean you should disregard advice, but just be mindful of where it comes from, you know, who experienced it, how it's different from yours. So go seek advice, but also don't let that override your own intuition. If your own intuition is saying something different, you should trust it. So that's what he's saying with that. And then the next way that he's talking about, next and final way for the stillness of the mind is to deliberate without being paralyzed. And again, this is for overthinkers like me because I'm going to listen to this episode the next time the past week and a half happens. Um, Just stop thinking. So don't stop thinking. No, that is not 
a good sentence. Don't think and let that thinking lead to inaction. So Ryan Holiday makes a point to say that thoughtful reflection and analysis does not equal action and it also does not equal not action. So just because you're thinking doesn't mean you're actually doing anything, but doing also doesn't mean that you're thinking. So if you're thinking about doing something or you're choosing between options and you're thinking more about choosing your option instead of actually picking an option, you're not really doing any action. But also if you just pick an action without thinking of it, you aren't thinking. So there's such a fine line between thinking too much and then thinking enough. So if you're stuck with like choices or options, give yourself an expiration date until you have to reach that decision. And then by then make that decision. Okay, so my next segment is, or the next segment that Ryan talks about is stillness of the spirit. So he says that a still spirit connected to the brain, body, and world is a look at how our past shaped us, allowing us to work through those issues and defects of character that prevent us from growing into our best selves. So now we're going to talk about the ways he mentions to practice stillness of the spirit in order to work things, you know, in the past, work for things in the future. And I truly believe this. So you can't really move forward sometimes unless you heal from the past and you learn from things in the past and even though it's a hard thing to look at at times it's very beneficial because how are you supposed to grow if you don't know the mistakes that you've made in the past so also I do want to say sometimes looking in the past too much doesn't lead to any growth because you're just looking at the past and just being upset about it instead of actually looking to grow so look at the past with the mindset of improving rather than looking at it and being embarrassed or frustrated or just mad just look at it and be like how can i learn and how can i grow from this because the past is done close book by next chapter move on and move forward because what else are you supposed to do just got to keep going so the first thing he says for stillness of the spirit is to develop a strong moral compass So he says that our past shapes us, but it doesn't define us. And he says that to develop a strong moral compass, you work through your beliefs and then question whether those are the true values you want to hold. So I did talk about this in, I want to say the podcast before or the one, no, two podcasts ago. And again, very true question what you value and question what you believe because a lot of times it might just be a value or something you grew up with and you might not know different than that but just because you grew up with something or you grew up within a set of the values and the morals it doesn't mean you won't get a chance to adjust it as you're older that's not set in stone the person that you are or grew up being doesn't have to be set in stone you can change these morals you can change these beliefs and grow from it and see okay I was thinking this way before but now I don't really agree with that so I'm gonna change and do that and I think it's really good to question yourself and question why you think this way and why you believe these things because that's where the growth happens because you can't change unless you question and questioning is really important and he also gives the example 
of how you can also change you know your communication style so he gives the example that someone that grew up with a passive aggressive communication style like in their house might have a really hard time recognizing how then you know if they're passive aggressive they might not understand why that's a bad thing or why that could be harmful to maybe someone that didn't grow up with passive aggressive communication style or someone that just doesn't have that communication at all so he says take the time to learn and break old habits so then you can build new and better ones that are better adjusted to you and what you want then for the next one so this is so that was number eight for like so there's 22 ways that was number eight number nine says to steer clear of envy jealousy and harmful desires Mr. Holiday says that these feelings are useless and tear down our abilities to focus on what's truly important. So he also says, you know, if you're focusing on someone else's life, then who's going to focus on yours? Again, very true. I don't think envy and jealousy and harmful thoughts towards someone else is going to fix anything in your life. If anything, it takes away your ability to grow and as always, comparison is a thief of joy. We live, unfortunately, and also fortunately, I don't think social media is bad all the time. It depends on how you use it. But on social media, people are just posting their highlights. And it's so overused to say that, but it's true. Everyone's just posting good things. And I think now things are getting a little more casual. You know when people are like, make Instagram casual again? I think there's a bit more of a change and just shift into posting more casual stuff. I love like shit posts on Instagram where it's just like memes and funny stuff. I think that's just how Instagram should be used. But all of these other people's feeds, like influencers, not all of them, but a lot of them, they have these super curated feeds and they look so good all the time and they're eating super healthy and they're working out and this, this and that. But again, like they're just, they're not going to show you the times that they're not leaving their beds or maybe they're having a bad day or maybe they're just having problems and stuff is happening in their life. They're not going to share that. And again, you know, people don't want to share all their problems on social media. Some do, but for the most part, they're not going to share what's happening that's bad in their life. So you can't compare that to someone else. And you also can't compare like this happens to me with like different friends that are in different stages of their career and you're just like in such different parts of your lives especially in your 20s you're just all in different places and if you start comparing where someone is compared to you or where you are compared to someone else it's just gonna drive you crazy and you're not gonna be happy and you're gonna start getting jealous and I don't think you should ever be jealous of your friends because that is just not being a good friend I think if anything, if I see a friend succeeding, it motivates me more because I'm just like, wow, like I know how much work it took for them to get that. I'm so proud of them and like they're inspiring me, inspiring me and they're motivating me to be better because I know they put in that work and I want to put in that work and be good and have them be proud of me. So I use my friends, first of all, when my friends do amazing things, I'm nothing but happy for them because I know what it takes to reach those milestones out there reaching and it motivates me because I'm just like I know that when it's reversed they're going to be there for me so jealousy doesn't do anything what's that quote what's that saying it's like it works the opposite of the way you think it does yes that little green what is it green man jealousy is green yeah envy um that little green man doesn't do anything drop her off leave her at the front door whatever you have to do 
don't be jealous and also do not have harmful thoughts towards other people i was reading this book and it's called what is it the unexpected joy of being single i forget the author um i'll come back in and edit her name in her name is katherine gray but she goes on to say how basically like when people are single or whatever and like say you're single and you're jealous of like a couple or a couple just got married she's like you need to practice how to be happy for people because it's a habit that you can learn that then is just you're training yourself anytime you see someone so the example she gives is like think of like someone you really really don't like and think about like the best thing that could happen to them think about that happening to them think about them you know being super successful in their career getting whatever they it is that they wanted and you just have to think about feeling happy for them and so keep doing that and then keep feeling happy for people and in the end you're not going to be jealous you're not going to have harmful desires of anyone and if anything you're also going to get happy you're going to get that feeling of joy because you've trained yourself to be happy for others you're going to get a moment of just happiness and joy so it's really a win-win situation so that's a really long-winded way to say don't be a jealous bitch don't you know be negative Nancy, don't be a hater, and I know one of my friends is going to call me out for this, I, she likes to say that, you know, she's a hater first, but she's not a hater, like, towards other people, I think it's just, like, the way we joke, but, like, don't be an unnecessary hater, don't hate on people, don't be mean and wish ill upon people, their lives are their lives, your life is your life, focus on what you're doing, and don't criticize, don't, talk shit about other people it's not going to do anything and it just makes you look bad so don't do it and let people live their life let them do their stuff life is hard enough people go through enough shit on their own in their own time just let them do their thing if it's not bothering your life then let it go anyways um number 10 is to come to terms with painful wounds of your childhood so Ryan Holiday goes on to say, and I also go on to say that, however, you need to handle this. So whether it's through work, whether it's through therapy, whatever it is, it is really beneficial to reflect on stuff that happened in your childhood because it also is proven that things that happen in your childhood have a way of shaping your brain and they have a way of coming out into adulthood. Regardless of how old you are, your childhood wounds come out and they affect a lot because your brain is growing so much when you're a kid you're learning so much and it's getting so much information that that gets stored into your brain for the rest of your life so however it takes different people need different ways to work through it whatever it is coming to terms with what happened and coming to terms with things like that helps you in the long run so to help these old wounds this helps you to be a better person on the other side. And it takes time and it's different for everyone. But I always say the person that you are at the end of these things is always worth it. So all the work that you have to put in to be a better person, to heal from things that happen that you have no control over, the person at the end of that is worth it. And the work that you put into yourself will never be lost. It's never, you're never going to regret having put work into yourself. It's hard. And it takes time, but it is worth it. So that's number 10. Number 11 is to practice gratitude and appreciation for the world. This honestly kind of self-explanatory 
If you can't think about, you know, how to practice gratitude every single day, just think of one thing that you're grateful for. Can literally be super small, but just one thing. Um, I know some people like to like do the, the gratitude journal and everything. I can't really journal unless I'm like really down bad, then I'll start journaling, but I just wake up and I remember it. I'm just like, oh, I'm just so happy I woke up today. Or maybe I'm having really good food. I'm like, I'm so lucky to get to have this food. Whatever it is, something super small. I think one time I was in a rush and I got a green light and I was like, oh my God, thank you. That's it. One thing that you're grateful for. And especially when you're having a bad day, I think it's harder to think of what you're grateful for when things are just gone to shit. But it kind of helps to think of something positive when things are happening that are really negative. Just thinking of one positive thing, even for just a second, really helps and just be grateful for everything gratitude is a really good way to look at life i think too many terrible things are happening all the time and you just really have to be happy about the little things sometimes then the next one which ties into my previous episode if you haven't listened to it highly recommend you listen to it is to cultivate relationships And Ryan Holiday says that deepening these relationships means not just surface level catching up with them, but just really asking people how they are, how they feel about things, what's happening in their life. So again, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I agree with this. And it has been proven and backed by science that your relationships that you have affect your happiness. They're a factor affecting your happiness. So really thinking about those friendships and those relationships with a partner with whoever it is with your parents with your family these just help you because that helps heal also when you have really good friends good people so that's number 12 and also if you haven't listened to episode three the philosophy of friendship and you want to talk or listen to more about friendships and relationships check that episode out self-plug So number 13 is to place belief and control in the hands of something larger than yourself. So take this how you want, interpret it how you want. It can or can't, you know, be a religious thing. It doesn't have to be either. It's kind of, as Ryan Holiday explains, it's about relinquishing control over things that you don't have control of. So, you know... Whatever it is, however you want to take it, if you believe in a higher power, if you're religious, if you're spiritual, whatever it is, everyone thinks of the world differently, but believing that, not even believing, because also you don't even have to believe any of this, but just acknowledging that there's things you can't control and that's just not up to you. And the only thing you can control is your reaction to stuff that happens. So letting that go, um, I think I always try to like think about things that are meant for me just won't go by me as long as I've done everything that I can do and everything I have control to do then everything else every other factor that's just not something I can do for or do towards um not my business no that's not up to me I did what I could that's it and it just makes it easier to breathe and makes it easier to live your life because if not you're just going to constantly be blaming yourself you're just thinking like oh i could have done this i could have done that like no just cut your losses accept things as long as you've done what you can and you acknowledge that and you're aware of it there's nothing there's just some stuff that's up to chance there's some stuff that is up to whatever higher power you believe in whatever it is 
it's just not always up to you. And also remember, you're just one person in this grand scheme of the world. Number 14. Um, this one, I'm a little iffy on, but he says, understand that there will never be enough and that the unchecked pursuit of more ends only in bankruptcy. So he's saying how, you know, learn to be content because sometimes the more you want, the more you're going to lose. So living in a culture that we do where it's just like you want more all the time and especially capitalism, I feel like we're just sold on this idea that, you know, if you get these products, then your skin is going to be clearer. And if your skin is clearer, you're going to do better. and You're going to have this amazing life if you buy this product and that product. And that's just the way marketing and everything is set up that, you know, we need to want these products. And if we get that sweater, then you know, life will be complete, whatever. It's just kind of the way things are and that more and more and more. But like quantity isn't quality. And so happiness and contentment, these are things that are going to come from within. There's nothing you can buy that's going to get that. So again, I think when he expands on it, he's talking about, do you need something or do you just want something? And then if you want something, why do you want it? understanding that you can want something but that doesn't mean you need it and also be a little more thoughtful when you buy if you can because sometimes you just buy so much stuff and then you're just like you don't need it especially with tiktok when people are like you know oh buy this get this this is my favorite stuff and you know what i'm gonna add something to the out you know those headbands that are in the tiktok that look like the, what's it called? Like the neck pillow that they give, that you get on like airplanes or you buy for your airplanes. Like that headband. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry if you own one, but I have personal beef just with that headband. Not with the person, but I just don't like those headbands. I think they're so ugly and it's one of the worst trends that's happening on TikTok. And you know what? For a split second, I wanted to buy it. And I was like, no, I don't need this i want it because it's trending and so just kind of catching yourself with that but that was a really long tangent but basically this is just saying you know learn contentment and learn when either getting something or buying something is going to lead to actually helping you be happy and content or if it's just something you need for no reason so your wants especially if you live like this want versus need is also a very privileged discussion i think because there's people that need to fulfill their needs they can't even think about these wants or they can't even think about that because they're just they need to survive they need to make enough to eat they need to do this and so their priority is something else so it is a privilege to even think that way and to even have that discussion and so i'm just going to acknowledge that so that is number 14 and that ends the stillness of the mind. So now we're going to go into stillness of the body. So Ryan Holiday says that stress and overwork hurts our body. So it's important to practice body stillness, letting ourselves just be. Again, this might be a no-brainer. But a good way to practice stillness is to have your body be still. And a good way to be still and a way to practice stillness is making sure your body is in a good place and your body feels good. Not just looks good, but your body feels good in itself. So number 15 is rise above your physical limitations. 
So this means challenging challenging yourself to something new, maybe setting some type of physical goal. Um, I like to try new things. I love trying new hobbies. I pick up stuff so quickly and I'm terrible at it, but I will pick it up. And I love being bad at something. Like, there's nothing better, I think, than seeing you improve in something. And when you start off from zero at, like, a new hobby or whatever it is, you can't get any worse. So you can only get better. Like, that's my mindset going into it. I'm like, I cannot... An example, tennis. Oh my gosh, dreadful, awful at tennis. But in my mind, every time I go and I practice tennis, I'm like, I can't get any worse. It's just simply not possible because I'm so bad at it. It would be kind of impressive if I did get worse. So try something new, like go above physical limitations. I don't think the way I'm interpreting it doesn't just mean like pushing your body. I think it's doing something you've never done before or moving in a way you haven't. Um, I have a new run goal, whatever it is, just doing something new and you get a joy out of either hitting those goals or getting better at tennis in my case. Like you do feel good about it and it's a good way to build character too. It humbles you to be bad at something. I think people should be bad at stuff more often so then you can just build up and you can go up from there. Like you can't go down. Um, Number 16 is to find hobbies that rest and replenish you he makes a very specific note that this is not something that you can make a business out of so this is just a genuine hobby that you have again i'm gonna go back i love having hobbies i love trying everything i think i have about 10 different hobbies and i'm not the best at all of them but i do all of them as much as i can as much as time enables me so for me this podcast this podcast is my hobby I'm not trying to make any money out of this. I'm generally doing this for fun. I love talking into this microphone. And literally, like, even though it's probably mostly my friends listening to it, I love when they text me and we have talks about it or knowing that there's discussions happening that, you know, we're inspired by something that I said. Whatever it is, I just love having the hobby of recording, editing the podcast. So have hobbies that you like that isn't just like your side hustle or whatever it is, like things that genuinely make you happy and tie it in with number 15, which is just, you know, try stuff, try new stuff. Maybe it's not going to be your thing. I tried bouldering, not for me, not my thing, but it was really fun to do it. So find stuff. And if you don't have a hobby, find one. There's so many out there. I might get into bird watching soon now that it's getting, you know, nicer weather. Number 17 is to develop a reliable, disciplined routine. So develop discipline. Easiest way to do that is to have a daily routine. Tweak it a bit, whatever works for you, whether it's the same morning, night routine, just have something that practices discipline. Number 18 is to spend time getting active outdoors. Again, this is kind of a no-brainer, but being outside just helps a lot you see that there's a world out there every day disconnect a bit there's a whole world outside of your own circle outside of what's happening so it's a very good way to practice stillness and it is really out like hard in the winter but it's now getting to be spring and even just standing outside in the morning for like two minutes it might be freezing cold but just get a bit of fresh air in your face Number 19 is to seek out solitude and perspective. 
So Ryan Holiday says that 20 minutes of solitude allows you to reset and refocus. And your brain, you know, every single day, even if you're an introvert, extrovert, like being around people don't, your brain does get tired and overstimulated. And it's really good to just go somewhere quiet and just sit and sort through your thoughts, go through what's happening with the day, just kind of not being overwhelmed and being in like a distracting environment and just being by yourself for a bit. Number 20 is to learn to sit and do nothing when called for. So stillness isn't being physically still, like I said, but sometimes in order to find stillness, you have to just sit still and just be used to not moving or like not being distracted or just like moving around. So you can do this for even like five minutes and you can just get used to sitting and just this helps a lot if you're outside, but like sitting or by a window unless just observing what's happening around you, observing you know, the sky, if you see birds, whatever it is, just kind of sitting quietly helps. Number 21 is to get enough sleep and rein in your workaholism. Um, if you listen to the first podcast, I am very uptight about sleep. It's proven by science. If you don't sleep enough, it takes years off your life. So if you can prioritize sleep, very important instead of scrolling through your phone just you know sleep a few more phone before bed no absolute no phone is off or on do not disturb at least an hour before bed again if you are lucky enough that you can get to sleep and you can go to sleep for however many hours feels best for you prioritize that because it's just good for your health and it's good overall if you're not well rested how can you face challenges in your life how can you you know, grow personally, how can you feel your best if you're not sleeping enough? And so many problems that we have are linked to our sleep. So if you can prioritize that, try to prioritize it. Number 22, and the last one, is to commit to causes bigger than yourself. So Ryan Holiday says, like, this is a reminder that you're not the center of the universe. And committing to causes can be different for everyone. And it depends on your situation. It depends on what it is. Um, if that's, you know, volunteering, helping out, whatever it is, you know, understanding that the world isn't just your bubble. There's a lot of stuff happening all over the world. There's a lot of bad stuff happening all the time. And just remember, when you're having your own problem, don't invalidate your experience, but also, you know, if you find yourself in just like that maze of overthinking and just thinking that whatever's happening is just the end of the world, just remember like in the grand scheme of things, there's stuff happening all the time. You're not the center of the universe. So much is going on around us and acknowledge that and it just kind of brings you back down. So commit to a cause bigger than yourself, whatever it is. So those are the 22 ways or 22 acts or whatever it is for stillness as explained in the book by Ryan Holiday. So yeah, that was such a fun episode to record. I really enjoyed it. And I'm happy that the fourth time was the charm for me. And I only got interrupted once. So that's amazing. But Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have an amazing weekend and I will see you 
in the next one. Bye.